0: God has formed the church as a community of believers who nurture and care for one another. This is what we will study in this week's episode of Through the Word. Hi, I'm Adam Burton. I'm the pastor at Central Baptist Church in Maysville, Kentucky. Every Thursday, I release a new Bible study that comes from the Gospel Project, where we go chronologically through the entire Bible to see how all of Scripture points to Jesus. You can watch Through the Word on on Facebook, on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and on our website at cbcmaysville.com. You can also subscribe to the Through the Word audio podcast in your favorite podcasting app. Well, are you ready? Let's study the Bible. In 2007, uh, California pastor Dan Kimball published a book titled... They like Jesus, but not the church. Insights from emerging generations. The book is a compilation of coffee shop interviews with older teens and 20-somethings. And the gist of the book is that many young people like Jesus, but they have strongly critical views of the church. The church to them is a political, judgmental, oppressive, homophobic, arrogant, and it's full of fundamentalists. You know, the irony, though, is that these same young people long for authentic relationships, a place where they can be vulnerable and ask their questions, a place to belong, that is, to experience true community. Now, why is that ironic? Well, it's because that is what the Church of Jesus Christ is meant to be, a community of baptized believers who share a common life together, encouraging one another and helping each other look more and more like Jesus. Now, we can't blame young people for not liking the church, when the church at times fails to be what it is supposed to be. Rather, we ought to listen to their critique and to learn from them, especially where their critiques line up with what scripture says. If we are to to be the church of Jesus Christ, bringing him glory and providing a powerful witness to the world, then we, we need to understand what the church is and what should characterize her. As the Lord Jesus Christ builds his church, he uses believers to encourage other believers. Mature believers encourage new believers. All believers help one another follow Jesus so we all look more and more like Jesus every day. Through our generosity, we meet one another's needs. And when the church lives together in these ways, it provides a powerful witness to the unbelieving world. In this study, we will Consider how those who belong to the church encourage one another in faith toward Christ-likeness and through generosity. Here's our first point. The people of God celebrate and encourage new believers. Read with me Acts chapter 11, verses 19 through 24. The report of this came to to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. And when he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad, and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. No one wants to experience persecution. Yet here we see that the Lord uses even persecution as a means to spread the gospel. The church gathered in Jerusalem was now scattering throughout the Gentile world because of persecution. Antioch kind of served as a mile marker of sorts in in terms of the gospel mission, because it was there that the Gentiles were first incorporated freely into the church. Just as Jesus had announced in Acts chapter 1, 8, the, the gospel spread from Jerusalem to the beginnings of the ends of the earth. Check out this quote, but do your worst and rack your inventions for tortures for Christians. It is all to no purpose. You do but attract the world and make it fall the more in love with our religion." The more you mow us down, the thicker we rise. The Christian blood you spill is like the seed you sow. It springs from the earth again, and it fruitifies the more. don't imagine how exciting it must have been to to be a part of the early church in Jerusalem, witnessing the miracles at the hands of the apostles and, and celebrating many others coming to faith in Christ with each passing day. He might have been tempted to remain in Jerusalem just to see what amazing things the Lord would do next. But then, under God's providence, Stephen was martyred, an event that caused the Jewish Christians to to scatter and start their return journeys home or or find new homes. God's use of persecution to, to spread the gospel doesn't mean we should go looking for it. However, it does, it is encouraging to consider the fact that the killing of Christians cannot overpower the church. So even in persecution, we can rejoice in the Lord that he is saving and building his church. The apostles had a responsibility to affirm and oversee the expansion of the gospel and the church. So they sent Barnabas to Antioch. Now, what Barnabas found was, was a cause for joy, right? New Christians, both Jew and Gentile. They then encouraged all these newborn believers so they would endure and grow in wisdom, stature, and in favor with God and humanity. Coming to faith in Christ is a cause for celebration. A citizen of the kingdom of darkness has been transferred into the kingdom of God's beloved son. Yet it is also a cause for investment. See, when a person is born again, he or she is a baby in Christ. New believers need to be cared for and nurtured as we would with a baby because the world hates Jesus. It hates Jesus' followers. This means we will always be strangers in this world. Even as we celebrate new believers, we need to remember that they need encouragement to remain wholeheartedly devoted to the Lord. Whether a high school student or a senior adult, every new Christian needs encouragement. new Christians need encouragement in in learning the first steps to take as a Christian. New Christians need encouragement to know how to, to read and study the Bible. New Christians need encouragement in practicing prayer. New Christians need encouragement to remain steadfast when their unbelieving family and friends mock them, curse them, or just ignore them. The church is always and will always face persecution of one type or another. This doesn't mean, however, that we cannot celebrate what the Lord is doing in saving sinners and encourage those new believers to endure faithfully. In fact, it is especially necessary during difficult times to encourage new believers, indeed all believers, to persevere in the face of suffering for the name of Christ. Here's our second point. Read with me, Acts chapter 11, verses 25 and 26. So Barnabas went to Tarsus to to look for Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year, they met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. Discipleship requires the passing on of knowledge, but not for its own sake and not for just any knowledge will do, right? Right? It's passing on and obtaining knowledge of the scriptures for the sake of becoming more and more like Christ. When when Saul and Barnabas remained in Antioch for a year teaching the church, the content for their teaching was was the teaching of the apostles, namely all of scripture and and how it points and, and is fulfilled in Jesus. In Ephesians chapter four, verse 11, the apostle Paul helps us to see that the Lord Jesus gave ministers of the word to the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. These leaders have the goal of building up the body of Christ, discipling believers so they can learn about Jesus in order to become more like him. Now, Paul also known as Saul and Barnabas served in the role of pastors and teachers in the church at Antioch. Now for discipleship to happen, we need the Bible. We need wisdom and we need experience. That is to say, to help others follow Jesus, we need to encourage them with the word of God to walk in wisdom and holiness so that they may grow in maturity and reflect Christ likeness. You know, what are some truths and teachings that new believers need to be taught in their early discipleship? Well, one is how to read the Bible, how to pray, sacrificial giving. The Trinity, the, the relationship between the the Law and the Gospel, the importance of the Church, the Great commission, the call to, to holiness, readiness to, to repent of sin, and the truthfulness of god 's Word. We tend to, to think of discipleship exclusively in formal terms, right? we were tempted to think that it must be done by pastors or at least you know the, the really spiritual Christians, j- just not us. <laughs> But that's not the teaching of the New Testament. No, Jesus structured his church for every member discipleship. The pastors and teachers equipped the church for the ministry of discipleship by teaching God's word. Then the church receives that word and speaks it to one another in order to build each other up that we may grow in Christ likeness as well as to those outside the church so that they too may believe and be called Christians. Discipleship is the process of following Jesus to become like him. Now, Jesus taught his disciples the ways of the kingdom of God, and he prepared them to live by faith with the power of the Holy Spirit the other disciples or apostles then passed on these teachings to the next generation of believers and so forth. And they followed in the steps of Jesus. Therefore, discipleship is it's not simply a church program. Discipleship is a church culture in which all believers follow the example of their master and savior learning and passing on. Returning to to Ephesians chapter four, the the leaders of the church seek to build up the body of Christ through a specific responsibility. That is to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of God or fullness of Christ. You know, the work of discipleship is building up the church until we all reach Christ-like maturity. The ministers of the word equip the church with the word to do this work. You know, if you're still stuck on this idea that discipleship is limited to a formal training program or study, then just kind of think where we are right now in the midst of a global coronavirus pandemic that started a year ago. It forced cities to shelter in place and churches to to stop meeting for a period of time. Now, did discipleship stop while Christians weren't able to gather in churches or meet in homes? Well, if discipleship is by definition something that's formal and programmatic, where groups of people go through a curriculum, a program, or a course, then yeah, discipleship came to a halt. But even in a pandemic, war and persecution, discipleship can still take place and it must take place. Why? Because discipleship is the mission of the church. Discipleship is simply helping one another follow Jesus with the goal of becoming more and more like him. That's the only way we can endure faithfully through pandemics and persecution, prosperity, and poverty. Check out this essential doctrine, discipleship. Discipleship is a process that takes place place of both formally and informally, to affect spiritual maturity as people follow Jesus. Informal discipleship as passages, like Deuteronomy chapter six, verses four through nine suggest, happens everywhere in every arena of life. Growing in our faith and deepening our walk with Christ is something that requires our whole life, not just the mind, Now, formal discipleship refers to periods of instruction, right? We we make disciples through our words and actions, providing verbal instruction from God's word and nonverbal examples through our lives. Here's our last point. The people of God provide for the needs of other believers. Read with me Acts chapter 11, verses 27 through 30. Uh, introduce suffering into the world, whether a, a common cold or cancer, tornadoes or tsunamis, floods or famines or diabetes or death. Nonetheless, nothing is outside of the sovereignty of God, and that includes our suffering. Jesus prepared his followers to experience troubles in this world And here the Holy Spirit prepared the church in Antioch through a prophet, but curiously their preparation focused on helping others. See, believers need to be careful that we don't live by the notion that Christians aren't supposed to have it hard. No, Jesus promised suffering in in this world, even suffering directly related to being his followers. The prophet Agabus foretold a a famine throughout the Roman empire. Now this of course would affect believers and unbelievers alike. But the Holy Spirit inspired this prophecy so as to prepare the church for what to do next. You know, health, wealth, and prosperity teaching, it's rampant throughout the world. Whether it is the softer, gentler kind that's more akin to you know the power of positive thinking or the, the stronger, heartless kind that makes God out to be a vending machine. You know, prosperity theology teaches that, that there are divine laws in operation, that if you follow them, you will gain health, riches, and success. Now, as with many errors or false teaching, there are elements of truth to the prosperity message. Now, God does promise healing and wholeness, abundance and prosperity, just not necessarily in this life. What the false teachers of prosperity doctrine do is take the future promises of the eternal kingdom and claim that they are available to all now. That is, if, if you have enough faith See, the danger of this teaching is that many who have placed their hope in the distorted words of these false teachers tend to blame God when they don't receive what was wrongfully expected. And this kind of disappointment leads to doubt in the true God and despair over present circumstances. Now, how should God's knowledge of and sovereignty over natural disasters affect the believer's response to them? Well, we should trust God to work for the good in our lives through them, right? Natural disasters are opportunities for believers to demonstrate their love for one another and to help those who are suffering. And we should testify to our faith in our good and sovereign God who sent Jesus to save us from our sin. You know, by sharing the news of the coming famine with the newly planted church in Antioch, the, the Holy Spirit prepared the disciples to respond. See, the church in Antioch chose to collect an offering and send it to the elders of the church in Jerusalem. Now, their first thought was not for their own welfare, but provision for their brothers and sisters in crisis. From the very beginning of the life of the church, the Lord has provided for the needs of his people through the generosity of his people generosity and care for others wasn't just a new testament principle now under the old covenant with israel god established commands by which the people of god were to to care for one another through generous giving and personal sacrifice their sacrifices and offerings for example were the means by which the priests were were cared for and because god is the same yesterday today and forever He provides for His people through the generosity of His people. The Lord Jesus taught His followers to pray for their daily bread. That is, we are to ask God to provide for our needs in daily dependence on His provision. And what what we fail to to realize is that God answers our prayers for provision in many different ways. Oftentimes, He he provides through the, the normal means of our jobs, But when individual Christians face hardships or are unable to work, the the Lord typically provides for his people through his people, namely through the generosity of the church. Now, Paul encouraged the churches in Macedonia and in Corinth to, to prepare an offering for the church in Jerusalem, which was suffering under persecution. The Philippian church cared for the needs of Paul while he was in prison through a generous financial gift. What are some results that that come from the church caring for brothers and sisters in Christ? We have an affirmation that we are a part of God's family. We have a mutual love and encouragement through giving and thanksgiving. A testimony of the love and grace of Jesus to the church and the world. And a reminder that we are not alone the blessing that, that of being used by God to fulfill his, his will of providing for his people's needs. If we're unable to provide a powerful witness in our communities, we need to be steeped in the gospel and live out the Lord's purpose for us. The Lord Jesus took our humanity in order to unite all things in himself. And one of the things Jesus is uniting is fractured humanity. By his sacrificial death, Jesus broke down the barrier of hostility that stood between the Jews and the Gentiles and brought the two peoples together into one new man, the church. As a result of the work of Christ, as declared in his gospel, we are now one people. And this unity works itself out in the life of the church as we celebrate and encourage one another, as we help one another follow Jesus to to look more like him. And as we meet the needs of one another through generous giving and, and personal sacrifice, this unity in turn gives witness to the world of the power of the gospel of Christ to save and to change sinners. You know, because we have joined together with God through Jesus, we celebrate all who come to faith in Christ. And as part of the church, we nurture, disciple, and care for them. Well, it's time for us to take what we have learned and to apply it to our lives. So choose at least one of these options here as, as a way to respond to the truth of God's word this week. One, how will you encourage believers in your church to remain steadfast in the faith? Two, What are ways, some ways your church can provide for the needs of others in your church or in churches throughout the world? Three, who is the Holy Spirit leading you to share the gospel with, even though he or she may be different from you? Check out this quote. Therefore, since thanks to our good master, we are sharers of the greatest and most divine and the first of names, those honored by the name of Christ being called Christians. It is necessary that there have been be seen in us also all of the connotations of this name so that the title be not a misnomer in our case, but that our life be a testimony of it. Would you pray with me? Father, you have saved us and made us a people zealous for good works, both for your glory and the good of one another. Thank you for the provision of your son, Jesus, and for his body, the church, through which you grow, shape, and care for us. Equip us by the spirit of, to, to love and serve one another well as we seek to make disciples of others for Jesus' sake. Amen. Thank you for watching this week's Bible study Jesus came to break down the dividing wall between us and God, as well as the walls that separate people through the atoning work of Jesus. We are joined together with him and the church as one people of God. And as followers of Jesus, we are to celebrate, welcome, and care for all who trust in Jesus. Well, let me close with by telling you some good jesus came to live the perfect and sinless life that you could not live he died the sinner's death that you deserve but he defeated both sin and death by rising from the dead see you can be saved from your sins by putting your faith and trust in jesus are you ready to give your life to him if so would you please connect with us you can text our, our prayer hotline at 305 707 pray that's 305-707-7729 or you can go to our website at cbcmaidsville.com and and click on that connect tab at the top because we want to connect with you and we want to put some free resources in your hands to help you to know what it looks like to follow jesus and if you enjoy this episode would you please share it and like it so that others too can experience god's word Next week's episode uh, Through the Word's titled The Church is Sent to Proclaim Jesus. We will see that Jesus is better than the Old Testament prophecies and institutions because he fulfills them. Well, Lord willing, I will see you next Thursday for Through the Word. Until then, God bless.